Hello there. We are ninja. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, an unlikely band of nerds united over their common love for the Star Wars Legion miniatures game. We Are Legion is a podcast dedicated to coverage of all aspects of the hobby, from competitive play and list building to painting, modelling and terrain building. And now, here are your hosts. Legionnaires, welcome to We Are Legion, a new Star Wars Legion podcast uh, coming to you with a down under flavour. I am your host, Cine Exhaust Port Designer Fang, and with me today are my co-hosts. Support Officer Cooper. And Intel Officer Luke. Okay, so um, uh, you guys are probably familiar with uh, the MOTF uh, uh, YouTube channel. Um, so this is uh, MOTF's new venture into the podcasting space. Um, uh, we've um, uh, the three of us. Obviously, we all share a um, a love for uh, Star Wars Legion. Um, on today's episode, which is a pilot episode, um, to uh, to see how. Uh, this concept works. Uh, we have a packed show for you. Uh, we've just had the biggest Legion tournament uh, go down in Canberra uh, last weekend. So we're going to dedicate the show to reviewing that. Um, we are also going to have a review of uh, the, the health of the Legion community in Australia. Um, and finally, we're going to talk about um, uh, some of our uh, big plans uh, for, for the future. Um, so um, let, let me start off um, uh, by, by um, uh, asking you, Luke. Um, so you know, you, what role did you play um, at uh, King Kong Legion? Yeah, I mean, the humble answer is, what role didn't I play? No, um, <laughs> no uh, which is completely unfair to all of the amazing people. Thank you, thank you, Jeremy, uh, for giving me that great setup. Uh, which is completely unfair to all of the fantastic people that helped me in my role as tournament organizer. So I actually, I, you know, no man is an island. I did have a fantastic team of people, um, including my lovely co-host Fang and Jeremy, who helped me uh, like supplying terrain, organizing, you know, the event. Um, and mm-hmm. a, a special sort of thanks goes to my my marshal uh, Nick. Uh, who you should all know from if you've ever watched the channel, and then uh, Kara, who was our other main judge. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it would have, yeah, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to have to have achieved the event um, so successfully without you know that team of people sort of behind us. So yeah, it was really, it was really, really good. Um, yeah. Very, really, very, very yeah. stoked. Yeah. So, you know, as, as a TO, obviously you have a pretty unique, um, you know, bird's eye view of the whole event. Um, and, and, you know, Jeremy and myself, we helped a bit with the organization. Uh, we both played it, uh, play in it as uh, players. So, you know, mm. we can have a chat about our play perspectives a bit later on, Jeremy. Um, so, mm. Luke, can you, can you give us that, you know, bird's eye view of the whole event? You know, how did it go overall? Yeah, I mean, bird's eye, I mean, what it would be very interesting to explain to hear what you guys experienced on the ground as players. Um, man, someone turn off your nose. Look at this, look amateur. Um, but no, the bird's eye view uh, for me was uh, stress uh, and, tr- and trying to make sure that everything went smoothly. But overall... There's lots uh, of stress everywhere. Yeah, but it's a different kind of stress. You have stress about winning a, a silly game of Plastic Men. I have stress about yeah. making sure that silly games of Plastic Men go fantastically. It's, it's you know, <laughs> apples and oranges. No, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, all, 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 
side. Um, at like an overall level, I think it went really well. Um, I'm like a perfectionist at heart. Um, and mm-hmm. there was probably very few sort of hiccups. I was, I kind of, as bad as it sounds, I spent the whole event waiting for like some massive big problem to blow up in my face and for me <laughs> to be not prepared and, and, you know, just run around like a headless chicken. But actually, thankfully, no, like at no point did that happen. Like I remember like as we were heading into the end stages of the final cut, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, we made it. Oh, 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 nothing's, oh, nothing's gone dramatically wrong. Oh, wow. Um, which sounds like really low bar to beat, but that's like a big deal because you got so many moving parts. Um, and like it is, yeah. it was the largest Star Wars Legion event in Australian history with 45 players. Um, yeah. We had five rounds. Plus Unprecedented. So, you know, you don't have prior experience to draw on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, yeah, at, at like an overall level, I think it went really fantastically. And, um, you know, I, I totally saw LVO's event survey idea. And based on that data so far, it looks like the players agree. Um, 70% of our responses that we received so far in that survey have rated the overall experience of the event uh, either a 9 or a 10 out of 10. So that's wow. like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, really, really happy. So yeah. Yeah, geez. If I get uh, that sort of performance review at work, I'll be pretty stoked. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, you, you talk about, you know, it was 45 um, people at um, KenCon this year. I, I remember, I mean, I was there. I played in last year's KenCon Legion tournament. Um, you know, it was it was the first of its kind, um, you know, uh, one of the first – Legion tournaments in Australia, and, and certainly the first um, KenCon tournament. Um, you know, being being at a really uh, big, high-profile convention. Um, so you know, it was it was a, a trailblazer, but we only had fourteen people there. Um, mm. We we went up by three hundred percent, three hundred plus percent in the space of one year. I think that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I like, I think it's fantastic. Jeremy, were you at KenCon last year? Or no, I, no, I wasn't. I was, um, see, see, there it is. That's the X factor. We brought Jeremy in, and boom, <laughs> boom, three hundred percent growth over over a year. Boom, just like that. Um, well, I, I am going to say that we did. Uh, we did also have Moab in between. So with that mother yeah. of all battles, we had that benchmark where we started something where I I basically conned Luke into getting into playing because there was yeah. four people registered two months yeah. beforehand yeah and uh we that. go from there so yeah no and i i would agree um because i mean the next nearest event um was moab with 32 players so um uh, you know i'm not saying there's a common denominator but there is um <laughs> but i think the, i think the other big thing in general as much as we would like to claim all the credit um, aside from the fantastic community, sort of self-promoting, like, you know, like the wider community, not just like sort of our community yeah. team. I yeah. mean, it's just a simple fact that Legion is just growing massively, right? It's just, yeah, I think getting more and more popular, especially, you know, following the release of Clone Wars. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Just, I think there's just been a big influx of players, which is great. It's, you know, that's what you want. And, and on that point of uh, community, I mean, I absolutely agree. We, we have a great and just exploding community. Um, filled with uh, great people. Um, can, can you can you tell us a bit more, Luke? Um, you know what, what contributions the wider community made to the success of KenCon Legion. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw to Jeremy first, actually, because you know Jeremy's efforts directly uh, really helped KenCon Legion. So I mean, Jeremy, if you want to tell us what you did, because it was a lot. 
Yeah. How, how many tables did you contribute, uh, Jam? Uh, well, there were six to begin with. Just a lazy we, Just a lazy six. Yeah, we started off with three <laughs> for Moab. We've got six for CanCon. We're aiming for, as we're looking to run Moab again this year, we're aiming for 10 for that. Wow. Um, that, so, that's yeah, on top of not I just, not just my own. And that, that's my own personal stock. Um, yeah. yeah. And then we, we saw some fantastic tables. You know, you, you brought a uh, fantastic uh, rusty industrial table, Jam. Um, <laughs> controversial. I mean, yeah, I was, I was going to say it's the most controversial table of the, uh, of the event. It's my personal favorite, but it is the most controversial of the event. Fantastic. <laughs> and we saw some just fantastic tables all around that, you know, everybody um, brought from all over the place. Um, Jim, can, can, can you tell us about uh, some of those tables? Um, yeah, well, there was uh, there was a lot of Scarif things. So I think that Rogue One has really helped uh, pique everybody's ideas because thanks to the fifth troop for providing a, um, a whole heap of uh, beach mats. Obviously, we purchased them, but they did have them available for us to grab. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a shed load. I think it was four or five just straight beach tables. That were all yeah. scarab themed. That were all amazing. Uh, there's plenty of line of sight blockers, light cover, heavy cover, lots of rocks and foliage. Uh, I think Luke basically wanted to steal at least one of them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That that player was very smart to never let me uh, and their table out of their sight. Uh, it was this gorgeous scarab table, and I would do like really bad things for that table. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was absolutely uh, that was actually the the last table I played on and I was I was sitting there and I was like there's like a 99 percent chance that I'm going to walk away from this table and be happy of just playing on it yeah and taking it, taking a win off that table at the end also made it even even better but um I had I, I was playing on it as well and yeah I mean I, I just I just completely agree yeah yeah the um I, I was surprised that there was a lack of uh, snow tables. Mm-hmm. I think there was two out of 26 because we had catered for 52 players, mm-hmm. um, one of which being my own. Mm. I know Luke ended up uh, throwing some Christmas trees on another one to to appease me at the end of the day. Yeah, that was that was how we bumped. You know, that, that was like juking the stats, right? Like we were like, oh, we got our third snow table with a bunch of like snow-covered Christmas trees. <laughs> with all the Glory. running around, uh, we need more snow, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. We had enough beach mats for all of those uh, all of those imperial shorelines, but not enough snow mats for those tauntauns. It was glorious. But I th- um, yeah, but yeah, I, I would say I think like Je- like Jen and obviously like Jen, you were um, if I'm not mistaken, you were supported by the excellent Kara. Um, oh hell's yeah! In this endeavor, but I think so. Sort of Jen and Kara because they were sending us you know photo after photo of them just being like, oh god, why have we done this to ourselves? As they're dry brushing table after table to completion. Um, I, I think that's sort of reflective of like a good example, like really a great example of sort of the question you're asking of like, what was the community's involvement? And it was for me as a TO, um, it was not quite, I could say jump and they would say how high, but it was kind of close. Like it was people who were just so passionate and enthusiastic about this game and wanting to see it succeed that, you know, I felt like I would sort of come to them like hat in a hand, like, Hey, and they'd be like, buddy, buddy, buddy. Well done. What, we got this. Yeah, what do, you, what, what do you need? And uh, the answer well, there was, was a lot. No, to, to add to the, uh, the the statement of, you know, what did the community do? There was a lot of outreach. So 
Uh, like a big big shout out goes out to the the wargame AU guys who do all the the six by three table mats that I use, because mm-hmm. one of the things that happened for Moab and then again for CanCon is like I, I sent them a message and I was like, hey guys, I need you guys to to like hit me up with a couple of mats because mm-hmm. I'm you know currently broke trying to fund a th- another three D printer to get everything running, trying to fund tables to get them up and running for everyone. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can, we'll we'll throw in a couple mats as price support. You know, we'll, we'll reduce the price of your stuff because it's for an event. They did mm-hmm. like they were they were straight on board. You know, no no arguments to the contrary. And I think a lot of the other price support that was donated to the yeah. event shows that as well. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a quick like notable like run run the run the gamut of some real great sponsors. Um, speaking of mats. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you're all aware, but there is this great body of people called the Fifth Trooper Network, um, yeah. and they release some high-quality mats. Now, like, keep that one. You don't keep that one to yourself. Spread it around. I don't think enough people know that. <laughs> but uh, the Fifth Trooper guys, not that I have ever met them or have any personal affiliation with them. Um, <laughs> not that you've but... appeared on their live stream at, at Depticon. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Jay who? Like <laughs> never, never heard of the guy, man. Um, but like you literally on on film on YouTube, sitting next to Jay right, doing look, the live stream. Look, if we want to get controversial with our American audience, fake news, buddy. Like fake news. <laughs> um, but I will say they produced a a really high quality mat, and I'll tell you what, a high quality mat that is given to you for free to give away is even better. Uh, so yeah. the fifth, fifth trooper did give us one full mat to give away, and they also gave us uh, about eight to ten sets of sidebars, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, quick sort of run through of a couple others. Uh, Legion Terrain, who uh, produced some really fantastic terrain stuff. They obviously being based in the US, and then I sort of hit them up a bit last minute, which is my bad, guys. Uh, couldn't really send things in time, but so they gave us a prize code for like a like a sixty dollar voucher, for, which was great. And they also gave us a promo code for ten percent off that whole pretty much that up. I think it ended like today actually, uh, yeah. the, for like yeah. that whole week, which was great. Um, and then yeah. Battle Ki- Battle Battle Kiwi, another terrain supplier, actually uh, pretty much designed a whole new kit, built it, painted it, created an LED light setup for it shipped it over the absolute madman um so that was that fantastic if you might have seen it uh yeah. dark castle stuff so yeah, yeah. Was- if you haven't seen it uh, go on to uh legion australia uh facebook page and yeah. just look up luke's posts on that castle it is you don't want to miss seeing this thing or even i did it on the main star wars legion one um yeah, yeah. that that yeah. thing was sick which was great <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, we had, like, we just had buckets of, uh, of community support, which is, which is great. It's fantastic. That's, that's what you want to see really. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say yeah. Joe, just before we go any further, yeah, oh, that yeah. man donated so much Legion product yes. and that, that all comes out of yeah. pocket in the end. Like, uh, looking at, I think there were 40, if not close to 40 boxes of actual Legion there. Yeah. There was all at least, at least 20 to 30. I won't, I won't over exaggerate. But uh, when you yeah. start actually yeah. working that out at retail, yeah, yeah, that is that is buckets of money that he's just you yeah. know, basically thrown a at whole us wall to help of us. Legion boxes. Yes, um, yeah. that that man has yeah he has he so Joe is a is a fantastic part of the Australian uh, Star Wars Legion community, and that is exemplified by the fact that his heart is so big that he was just like <laughs> take it all. 
Take it all, my friends. Give, it's it Santa. To, give it to the people. It's Santa Joe. It's Santa Joe, man. Like that's it. I believe. Like I tell you. Yeah. Well, the um, like personal thank you for me there, because while I was printing terrain myself, he was actually breaking his three D printer to get help me get along, get everything finished in time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was there was legitimately was a moment there. Yeah, uh, we he, 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 he broke uh, forty five bucks worth of parts, and then spent is then spending money on parts and express shipping, and messaging me like three or four nights before the weekend before CanCon. So in like where we both said we were going to cut off and being like, we where do you want to stop printing? You know, when are we going to ki- when are we going to go to? Yeah, and he yeah. was like, you know, I'll, I'll stop when you say stop. So, so don't think we won't print until the <laughs> night before. And I was sitting there going, Nah, man, we got. We've, thanks for everything. There's a cut update. I love your work. Please, I, I mean, can't thank that man enough. Sometimes, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love this this pilot episode already. It's basically like, I'd like to thank the academy. I'd like to thank <laughs> everyone Dude, that is believed in me. About your own podcast while you're doing the podcast. Yeah, you can. Hell yeah, that's like yeah. you gotta, you gotta build the podcast. You gotta you gotta build the traditions early, man. Um, <laughs> it's like the it's like the banter breaking fourth wall moment. Yeah, it's exactly. It's medical. Right, guys, right. guys, just to set the scene before we started this recording, I like I sat these two guys down. I I gave them a, a talk, right, very stern talk. Yeah. It, they're gonna be no egos, right? You know, we're gonna do. This for the community. Look what happens. I mean, look, look who you're talking to. No egos. Yeah. All right. <laughs> when, when pigs fly, man. All right. Oh. So we had right. great price support from our sponsors. You know, both businesses and, and private individuals. You know, uh, Joe's a you know notable contributor. You know, our own gem. Oh uh, man, you know who we have forgotten? We have forgotten Fang. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Host himself. I actually like that fact because it's showing that he's trying not to produce an ego. Love it. I mean, I yeah, want that's to, right. Showing through my example. I, if, we, if we want to break down on that, though, he let's drill down on that a little further. I think that's untrue because he clearly tried to prompt that. He was like, "Who else do we know, guys? <laughs> that contributed? Who else you contributed?" Have to <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Fang, Fang. If you haven't seen him, Fang did produce. Uh, we 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 were given some uh, fantastic Skullforge uh, minis, um, and Fang sort of painted them to an excellent standard, and then based them uh, removably at my unrealistic request um, <laughs> to to these plinths to basically use as additional trophies, which was great. That was a really really great prize. So yeah, having won one of those, I will say full well it was really hard walking up to the podium and looking at all three of them and going which one am i allowed to take because i wanted all three yeah. Um, yeah yeah and and which one did you pick in the end he, he took oh, I lando took the, i took lando yeah. I, yeah. i'm looking at it right now because he accidentally gave it to me and he thinks he's going to get it back but he's not <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um uh and the uh the samurai vader went to jason litchfield a great young player from canberra and the um Rona luke went to james brett who yeah. got um third place fourth place fourth place fourth yeah. place right right yeah did you come third i came third wow <laughs> look at that <laughs> three thank you doesn't even 
Spank doesn't even know where I came. Wow. Well, I, well see, because that's the problem. His his ego is so big. As soon as he wasn't the winner, he was like, "I'm out of here, man." Like I don't I don't, I don't care anymore. Uh, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, all right. Next next segment. What's on the list? What's on the list? We should also mention the Games Cube, who who gave us a pre-release uh, Vader operative and pre-release uh, Luke operative. Mm. Yeah. Uh, any other business sponsors we missed? Um, not that actually donated. So no. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I'd like to thank the uh, Table War guys because they did actually send a mat and provide free shipping on that time, and um, which was amazing. So they threw out at least two six by three mats that were given away. Yeah, yeah. And then we had obviously we had the Grand Championship kit. You know how can we? Mm. Um, so Ken Kong Legion was a grant championship, uh, mm. very 11th hour deal that, um, that MOTF was, uh, able to secure. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, with the nature of the way these things work, that was through FFG and then, uh, the Australian distributor, let's play games. And then also, uh, the games cube as a brick and mortar store. So they made it happen. We made it happen. Yeah. There were so many promos. Oh, I love promos, you know. Yeah, this is basically, this is like the pilot, the like just one log advertisement for uh, yeah. for, for literally everyone in, in Star Wars Legion Australia. So if you're stuck with us for this long, Spank, tell me, what's the next segment, my man? What do, what do we, I think we've covered this community effort. It's <laughs> about okay. as far as okay. we can go. All right. Uh, I'm getting the Yari along here. <laughs> By my co-host, I will listen to feedback as we discussed. The next segment, Whoa. guys, is um, is the player's perspective. Um, so, Jen, would you would you like to take that one? You know, what 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 were your experiences like as a player at KenCon? Um, I I had a fantastic time. Uh, I, I'll be brutally honest. Third, obviously, <laughs> correct yeah. correct answer. Please go on. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, as, as we already discussed, Luke, uh, I'd conned Luke into going to Moab. And although we had a great time there, we both walked away from that. It was like, there's so much we can do and do it better yeah. um, off the back of basically running that event. Yeah. I'm going to say very gung-ho cowboy by the seat of our pants, uh, last 11th hour, last minute style. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was entirely put together at the last second. And then Luke has a uh, steam hop. Yeah, he's, uh, he's railroaded us all the way into CanCon, getting, making sure we're all on track and doing what we can. And we had, it was probably the most well-oiled event I've ever been to. There was no hiccups. There was no, and this is coming from playing 20 years of 40K. There was no crap to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, there was always you a judge from, on uh, You know, a, a fellow player. Uh, uh, well, or not just the players, but from, as a player perspective, looking at how the event actually runs itself, because yeah. the first thing you do when you go to a 40K event is you generally make sure you've got enough judges, the tables are correct, there's yeah. you know there's support for everything you need. There's, I'm going to be brutally honest and say there's bathrooms close enough to the, where you're playing yeah. so that you don't yeah. have to line up for 30 minutes. Um, you know, you've got food handy. You, you always know where all the players are. So coming from it from a player's perspective, mm-hmm. I, I you know walked in and was like, wow, I've got everything I need really close at hand. Um, none of the players are being entire. I'm gonna use my PG rating on that one. Um, yeah. And then we're gonna on. throw an R two over it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, there so was, the logistics and, were smooth. The the players were the fellow players were great. 
Yeah, I, I didn't have a salty player all weekend. Um, you is, were the salty player. Yeah, clearly. Oh. Cl- clearly. <laughs> if the answer <laughs> is, no. <Yeah. laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll take that back and say I didn't have a salty player beyond my usual level that we've seen, it, you know, going into other events. So there was nobody that was having 40 minutes worth of rules queries. There was nobody that was, you know, yeah. not on par for a, a level of that game. Like, if yeah. you're going to go into a, what we call a grand championship level event, well, everybody there was willing to play and, and knew what they were doing. Well, and what I think yeah. you, you sort of mean as well by salt for, for those that may be getting the, right, the wrong idea is you also play basically the guy you literally play all the time. Um, yes. And, <laughs> I, I, and that was always going to be a salt mine because who wants to play their best bud? <laughs> When you're both like, what are you? You're three and zero at that point, or something, or two and zero at that point. Yeah, we were we were both two and zero, and it was it was wow. legitimately we and it was um there was there was a little bit of contention pulling into that game as well. I will point out coming as the victor, I walked away from that game, and I think I had the uh, the biggest headache I've ever had walking away from a Legion game because it came down to the wire. We both knew each other's uh, ins and outs, all of our moves, all of our plays. Yeah, we'd both even used the exact same lists the week beforehand, mm. drawn the exact same mission cards, on pretty much a table exactly the same. And the, the outcome very familiar had come with down to the, the the whole setup is what you're saying. Yeah, but the outcome had come down to the wire on both games, so it was. Uh, I'll, I'll say from a player's perspective, that was my. Only game where I was worried about a um a swing where dice mitigation couldn't help or something like that. Right. Uh, because it, it had come down to it was a wire call. Uh, a turn six, last minute, Hail Mary, how do we finish this off? Yeah. So What do you mean a wire really, uh in the uh, in the event it was Sab Vaps. Um he had basically denied me getting off a clean uh, cleaning off a VAP, my own mm-hmm. safe VAP no less for nearly four straight turns. Right, right. Uh, locked off all of my trooper units, but had left my Bosk and my Veers basically untouched up until turn four, end of turn four, turn five. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that his hubris got the best of him because uh, my ooh, opponent had ooh, basically... Ooh, call. Trash my talk opponent, early. I Hi, Courtney. That, that's okay. We, we all, there was a lot of people that heard it. It was the end of turn four, and he declared victory. <laughs> that's a bold move, Cotton. I like it. That's... I respect that. I don't know if I respect that or if that disgusts me, but... And there's still time on the clock, I I gather. Yeah. There was still an hour... So we both played fast. (laughs) I'm going to point that out. So there was still an hour on the clock. That, bro, that's when you know that you play someone regularly with an hour to go on the clock and, like, three turns of gameplay left to go. You're like, yeah, you're done, buddy. You're screwed. You ain't... You ain't winning this. (laughs) I'm going to call that familiarity rather than hubris. <laughs> it can be both. It looked calm, man. It looked calm. But... It, it was, it, I will say it was both. It was more that he called the game when there was still a chance that I could win. If there was an undeniable or a, you know, I'll even say 90% swing that it was going to be his way, I'll, I'll call that he could have called the game there and I would have mapped it out with him and we would have sat down and tried to work it out and see if there was a point in playing on. Mm-hmm. But I had Bosk within two moves of that VAP, so one turn away. I had yeah. Veers within two moves of that VAP. And we had we both had an ATST that we just pointed at each other doing a slug fest because there wasn't really much left to shoot at. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it, what, it was that, up, what was that Hail Mary move you made to win the game? 
Um, turn six, I played Reptilian Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you I didn't think move? he had a... Yeah, for the free move. I didn't yep. think he had a two-pip card left in the deck. Yep. Um, I can't remember what he played. I think it was... Um, uh, whatever He played a two-pip. I can't remember what it was. It might have just been push. Um, threw a order down on his ATST because he got the priority roll. And it legitimately came down to he rolled six hits on DeBosk just to, to stop me being able to clear this VAP. And I legitimately went, oh, crap, I need to roll at least one save mm-hmm. because the only, other, the only other unit on the board was a sniper. So if, if, mm-hmm. I, had a, if I hadn't played on Bosk, I would have gone, if, it, if I'd had priority, I would have gone, uh, take wound, free move, clear VAP, shoot sniper. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and basically win there. There's no point playing out the turn. The Hail Mary shot was rolling one, one wound, which we all know Bosk is paper thin. Uh, he, he generally likes to either roll one off or just die horribly. So, so what, I'm, what I'm hearing, though, so, yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, saying, uh, sounds like you got lucky, Jeb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Although, because I'd held on to that Reptilian Rampage purely no, for that no. from the end of turn four. Yeah. Uh, but then so it, it, it legitimately came down to that lucky roll. Yeah, no, I also, I like that a lot. That, uh, using that for the free move, that I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a big brain move right there. Um, how about you, Fang? Uh, I mean, also, and as much as I should talk Jeremy, I will say you don't go four and one at a five-round event and come third just off luck. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> well done, sir. Well Basic done. Three out of four shorelines. Yeah, nice. All right, yeah. Fang, how about you? How is uh, your your player experience? Now, now careful, yeah. I'm not saying that there's a correct answer, but there is a correct answer. Um, yeah, there is. <laughs> um, yeah, before I get into my experience, I'm just going to say, yeah, James, James Legion Kudos has definitely gone up in my eyes after, after KenCon. Um, <laughs> that, that, that's an interesting that, alright I mean I'm going to let that one go Jem you feel about that however you want to feel man um. <laughs> oh, oh look I always play the underdog so I'm quite happy to have everybody go holy crap he actually did it once <laughs> and, um, and, and, um, we, we can't not talk about this uh, so one of our very good friends Ryan uh, he placed a bounty oh. on Jem losing at Cairncott he, he he pledged, I think it was $25 every yep. time Jim lose. <laughs> and and like, he just kept yeah. winning. Uh, he lost his... Did you lose your last round, Jim? No, I lost I lost my fourth round to the person yeah. that came second. Yeah. So, and, and, and then who won the, the event round, overall. Ryan can say, okay, you know, I'm now going to donate something to charity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he kept saying the, uh, that all of my opponents were crap, so, you know. Take that as you will. Look, what look what we can all gather from this whole pilot episode is trash talk in the Australian community. <laughs> who who would have guessed? But it's rife. It's a huge. Legend. You know, we we got like episodes of content just on that alone, which is great. Um, we have a fine tradition of sledging. Yeah, that's it, right? All right, right. All right. What was so what was your experience okay. after you finished sledging inadvertently? Our good friend Jeremy. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Um, I was sledging Ryan, by the way. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, I was gonna hey, you can sledge both. Sledge Ryan, sledge Jem, sledge the, the tournament organizer. Just sledge them all, man. Just go. Bang, yeah, bang, your, bang. your turn's coming, Luke. Oh, your turn's right. coming. Here, here we go. Here we go. All right, hit me up. Sledge. All right, away. So, so I also went 4-1 at uh, King Kong, uh, but it was a completely different run compared to Jeremy's. So I lost my first round. All right. 
<laughs> it was pretty much over after that because, you know, even if I win the next four games, which I did, uh, my strength of schedule is not going to be strong enough um, to to get me above all the other four and ones. Well, unless unless your opponent, like, you know... Went 5-0. and oh. Yeah, and then, like, everyone else that you played did really well. But, yes, it was yeah, unlikely. Which is unlikely after I dropped the first round because I'll be matched up with someone who's 0-1. True, and one. True. And then true. I win that, I'll be matched with someone who's 1-1. One and one. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I had, you know, maybe, like, half percent chance of making the top two after I dropped the, dropped mm. the first round. You know, I mean, well, through the whole tournament, I kept the hope alive, you know, that, that kept me going. Uh, and it was a good ride winning the last four games. But, you know, sort of looking in retrospect, I had a snowflex chancing hill after I lost that first game. Ooh. And I should um, have won that game. Uh, I had in the bag, I played a, a James Brett, really good player, um, double the four list. I killed both Dooku and Grievous by mid-game. Neither of their one pips went off. Um, he was down to a droidica and two, uh, sorry, three B1 units, uh, mm. two with about four B1s, one with one unit. I had most of my army left. I mean, you would win this game. Anybody would win this game 99% of the time, and I, and I managed to lose it. So tell me, so tell me, how did you? Tell you how, how did you manage that, that was my question too. I was about to say, I will, tell, on, you. I will tell the whole Legionverse how I lost that game, um, so that I will never forget. Um, <laughs> I think it was round four. That was a crucial round. I made three um, crucial mistakes almost in a row. <clears throat> um, I, uh, there was one, a single B one that was within one move of um, a babe. Um, I didn't shoot it. Well, well, that, well, that, well, that's dumb. Straight off the bat, that's dumb. All right, continue, continue. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> so it moved, uh, repair the wound off my vape. Yeah, right? sure. And, now it. Um, and then, you know, James was playing delay tactics because he was up on victory points. Mm. So he was engaging my units with his B1s. Mm. Um, he's, um, uh, his B1 unit uh, engaged and then uh, standby. Mm. Um, so I... I then forget that he has a standby. I disengage <laughs> with my short troopers. <laughs> and then he just runs straight back into you. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. He did. And this, this is the clincher, right? Not only did I forget he has a standby, um, I was actually close enough to make my speed one disengage move and uh, touch the vape with my unit leader. I then cohere my other troopers, <laughs> not further away from his B1s, but closer towards his B1s. <laughs> yeah. I was so going to say that I was actually, I was standing at the table when that happened and there were, I'm pretty sure there was, was there a judge called for that? Because I heard a judge call behind me. No, I saw both of you looking at this, this pile of models because there was about four was death troopers, right? No, no, short troopers. About, oh, it was a short trooper unit. That's right. Yeah. There was about four short troopers and, I think it was only two or three B1s. Yeah. And yeah. you were like, oh, I've got my unit leader on the vape. And he's like, cool. I move up to this lowly shore trooper standing in the open. Yeah. Now you cohere back and your unit leader walks, walks off the vape. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. 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 And, and my soul just died in that moment. That's, well, that, 
Well done, son. Well, well done. <laughs> what, so, and then what? What was the death knell of uh... the, the death knell? Literally, the death knell was was my my lack of situ- situational awareness about the game clock. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Had we gone to a sixth round, I probably have would have won uh, because I think I was down. Um, I think I was down three victory points by by that stage. Right. My death troopers were already on one of the vapes, so they would have sabotaged one. Mm. I had Krennic and a sniper um, within uh, one move of another vape. I had a stormtrooper already on that vape. Um, so even if he uh, kills a sniper, you know, um, you know, I I I would have at least tied. Right, um, right, right, right. You know, wing. I would have won on kill points, easy. Nice. But we didn't make it to a six turn, did we? No, because I, I wasn't aware of the game clock. Yeah, I mean, uh, we I, don't, almost, I don't know whose fault that is. Really, we were really. almost finishing round five, and then time expired. Um, and and To, uh, Mr. To, was was were there time warnings given in the first round? There was, yeah, there actually was. Now they weren't. I will freely admit, all right, that was a little bit of a. We took that advice on board. It was a little bit passive aggressive at the time. Um, they were not. <laughs> I couldn't as think who gave you that advice uh, after round uh, one. Um, that was they were they were not as frequent as they were for the rest of the uh, for the rest <laughs> of the tournament. Um, but I, you know what? I'll cop that. All right. I'll cop that. But fair cop to you. Uh, <laughs> you should also, as a player at a premier level event, be aware of the time left on your goddamn round, son. You know what time <laughs> we started. You know how long you have. All right. Just look at I, your watch. I, um, yeah, I acknowledge that. And for the rest of the tournament, I was checking my Yeah, you were. Um, you were I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. Every time we did a time announcement thereafter, I would dead set just stare at Fang in the eyes like, you hear that? <laughs> You, you're aware of the time? Is that good enough for you? And then you won all four games after that. So maybe he was aware of the time. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Whereas I had the opposite experience on time clocks. The only game that actually went to time was the game that I lost. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Right, Everyone is right. happy. Um, so just, just very quickly, then I went on a run. Basically, I played Vaporators and I was a blue player for the first four uh, games of the tournament. Um, and basically, I just sat back. It was very boring. It was not an entertaining game for my opponents, but I got the results. Mm. Um, I sat back with my shoreline <laughs> and just shot the crap out of anybody who got into range. So this- well, I was about to say, I was like, what list were you running where you played Vaporators four rounds and uh, just sit back and enjoy? But that yes. was yes. So this, yes. so, this, so this is an interesting one, and maybe maybe we uh, say we table we table this discussion for another time. But yeah, uh, you know one of one of your opponents, uh, Tom, uh, who is a fantastic fantastic X wing player that sort of dived in. Um, Tom Harper, by the way, uh, who's dived in now into Legion. He mm-hmm. pointed it out to me, and uh, you know what? I actually am very inclined to agree um, whether or not FFG should, you know, maybe like consider like a bit of a rules change so that blue player doesn't, you know, blue player doesn't auto win in the case of. Yeah. So on, on that, on that, I would say there are counter strategies to vaporators when you are a red player, and I think you know some of the newer players are, are not aware of that, um, whereas. You know, um, they they are very good counter plays to to vaporators. Um, you know how you place your own vaporators, crowding out your opponent's vaporators. 
mm. um, you know, getting them further away from your opponent's deployment zone is is an example. Right. And perhaps you know, we can we can dive into that deeper in, in a future episode. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, I will say, like you know, like save it for another time. But I will say, I actually, I actually wholeheartedly agree. And 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 before, like y'all jump on me, and we can save this for another time. <laughs> the main reason, the main reason I agree, uh, is that I think blue gets enough advantages already, right? Like blue, yeah. blue gets to pick table sides. Blue gets yeah. to use their battle deck, which will only get increasingly more important as like more and more objectives are released. Yeah, yeah, biz are going to become more important. And yeah. Bigger, so, and then if there's like a bunch <laughs> of objectives where if if I'm blue player and I auto like the default position is I win, that you know that's kind of it feels bad, right? Like because yeah, you know if it's like breakthrough or whatever, blue player can just say, "Cool, all right, I can sit back." And mm-hmm. in full comfort, know that unless red does something to change the board state, they've got this one in the bag. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. I just like the idea of like not having to engage, right? Like that one yeah. player can just not engage and, you know, just be fine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think yeah, we'll 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 definitely make a note and and uh, you know that that's that's a quite interesting discussion I think and there, there's a lot to that, um, so we, we'll make a note um, and we'll definitely come back to it in a future episode. So mm. just just to wrap up my experience of CanCon uh, last round, um, I didn't play Vapes, I played key positions, and my opponent was Pete Zyconia. Uh, <laughs> Pete Lyons. <laughs> Here we go. So, so if, you don't, if you don't know Pete, uh, here's his resume. In 2019, he won KenCon Legion, he won three RPQs, um, and then he won Moab. Okay? Mm-hmm. So this is the caliber of play I, I, I came up against. I, I was on the also, That's like, you're not even, you're underselling him because he also does fantastically in the online scene in Invader yeah. League and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Team League. Yeah, sorry, Pete, I unsold you. I'm sorry. He, he also came top four at the uh, nationals. He yes, also he did. Didn't he beat you at Moab? That was the- yeah. I was did. just I was just getting. Up to- <laughs> <laughs> I was on an absolute tear at Moab. I was three and zero after the first day. If I won the first game second morning, I would have been in the top two cut uh, playing for the championship. Who would I draw? Pete. Pete. <laughs> And look, you know, I, I hung in there for six rounds, for five rounds, and then he did the uh, layer uh, coordinate bombardment trick with Mark II support mm. and just walked me off the table. So, 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 so you had some skin in the game for 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 Cancun, then you had some Moab you wanted to revenge. Is that is that what I'm is that what I'm hearing? Look, um, yeah, look, you know, I think revenge is too strong a word. <laughs> I definitely. Is, 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 is it though? Is it? All right. <laughs> Look, you know, I have. Uh, you know, you guys know. I have mad respect for Pete. You know, he's helped me out so much in my, you know, Legion journey, learning the competitive mm-hmm. side. Like he's mm-hmm. so generous with his time and his advice. He he never holds anything back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I think you know, I would never see true revenge on Pete. Uh, I what what I what I wanted was you know obviously to win. You know, um, I, I was not expecting anything um, because, you know, in my mind, his level is so far above mine um, uh, still at KenCon. Um, but, you know, I, I played to win um, and I, I, I did beat him. <laughs> I, I, I did beat him and I'm still over the moon about it. Um, I, um, uh, you know, 
I, I was down early. Uh, we both play shorelines with different variations. Um, he, um, wasn't, sorry, wasn't he playing a cross shoreline like a Kranich Bosque? Um, yeah, so he had, he had was... Bosque, yeah, um, and he had three snipers, uh, whereas I had Death Troopers, uh, IIG, and two snipers. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, fairly similar. We both had two shores, two mortars, I think yep. two storms. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, he was getting the uh, the lead on the attrition battle uh, early on. Um, he was just outplaying me, um, you know, and then like sort of mid-game, I thought, you know, I, ca I cannot continue to play this way. I cannot just con continue to trade shots with him. I will lose. Okay, key positions. All right, I'm going to play the scenario. Um, so I went on a big redeployment of basically my whole line. I mm. swung towards my right flank um, into the key position, which is a building in the middle of the board. Mm -hmm. um, so then um, some of my units that's down to one model, I can just hide in that building. They can't be hurt. And right. then I had two of my short troopers uh, on redeployed to my right flank in a firefight with one of his, his short troopers. So momentarily, I had a uh, I had an advantage there. Right. So I got his short trooper unit down to just a sergeant who then panicked and ran towards the board. Um, he then reinforced his left flank um, with snipers and his second short trooper unit, and then the firefight was was even up there. But but by then, like he hasn't moved towards the key position at all. This was fifth round, right. and I already had like four or five units onto it, and the rest of my army was basically within one or two moves of moves of it, except for Krennic, who's back capping. Um, so I can let, literally see the moment when Pete went, like I might lose this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, and okay, so like so so fifth round. Um, uh, he, he just moved everybody towards the central objective. Mm. Um, and, and fifth round, I play Annihilation Looms. Bang, two suppressions oh. of everybody. <laughs> um, so, um, and then, and then uh, this is where the game clock actually helped me. So time expired. We didn't play a, a sixth round. Um, and, and I won the game. Nice, nice. Congrats. <laughs> Do you I'm, think, uh, I'm hearing hearing game clock helped win that one. Yeah, I, I, I'm, man, I need to go check the match data. How many of your games went to <laughs> time? Um, um, <laughs> the game clock works both ways. Hey, it does. Um, so what? So here's my question: Do you think you would have won if you'd gone to turn six? Um, I think I would have still won. Um, so. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Basque, um, maybe Krennic could have swung it around the corner. Um, right. And, you know, took out some of the small units that's out of line of sight. Right. Um, but, you know, I can counter that. You know, I've still got, um, uh, you know, two short troopers with the heavy weapons. I can stand by, mm -hmm. um, you know. Uh, so, you know, I still got um, uh, things that, that can fire back. Um, and, and, you know, my lead on the central objective was huge. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I probably still would have got – gotten that one um if we well, played out round six congrats congratulations uh you know round, round of applause in the audience uh <laughs> for everyone uh for fame. um thank you Jeff. 
I, I suppose um, we better talk about who won Ken Kai, guys. <laughs> no, overrated idea. Talking about uh, every other aspects of Ken Kai. I mean, they were they were all fantastic, um, and, and they were you know really worth going to depth about. But you know, like it, it's about who 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 wins the bloody thing in the end, right? <laughs> right. right. So. so um, <laughs> So, so let's let's start with best painted. Um, so, Jim, um, tell us about um, who won uh, best painted. So, Tom Harper won best painted. Now, that was probably one of the cleanest clone armies I have ever seen. It was. It was. Yeah. Um, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. I played it. I played against Tom uh, in the third round, I believe. Um, and um, and and oh, sorry, second round. And that army was just so beautiful on the tabletop. Yeah, I mean, looking at it myself, I, it was the only nicely painted army I didn't vote for, but that's purely because I saw some do-backs in another army that just made me uh, cringeworthy, so notable mentioned on that do-back player. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, Tom's army, I think it was the 5012th Legion in styling, so it was Obi-Wan styling. Um, uh, the 212th Attack uh, Battalion. Yes, sorry. Yeah. Looking at looking at the five hundred first the other day with Kara and they're yeah all, 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 all the all the Star Wars nerds are going to be jumping down their throat. <laughs> they're going to be like, look at this guy. Doesn't even know Obi Wan's legion. It's all right. It's okay. What they're all they're <laughs> all part of the sixth assault battalion. There we go. I remember that part. Hey, hey Skycore, that one. Don't, don't screw that up. I, I don't know about that, but we'll we'll fact check that and we'll we'll come back uh, yeah. <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> oh. Um. On top of that, we had Joe with probably the, the sexiest-looking army, in my personal opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I voted it first. Now, it had a double air speeder, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Which, which in itself was no mean feat to take to probably the biggest, well, it was the biggest event, but probably looking at it pre-going into the event as the biggest event that he's ever gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah. was a double-speeder Tonton list, which I was – he. It was the Tuesday night before the event, and he was sending me photos, and I was going, it's gorgeous, and he went, I'm running double airspeeder, and I went, you're a madman. Um, <laughs> so basically, I, I he, wanna... he gave up uh, Best General in order to wing Best Painted. Yeah. It, everything in perfectly balanced. <laughs> I just want to drill down further on the fact that you were like, you, you immediately leapt to the adjective you went for was sexiest. <laughs> Like, like when I think of minis, I'm not sitting there like, damn, those minis look sexy. You but know? Luke, <laughs> have you seen how Joe set up the angles of those air speeders? Like they're on this yeah, like it's... really steep mm. banking angle, and it just looks like they're zooming down to like hammer out some you... ATST, you know, in the heart. Are you, are you, uh... <laughs> is that is that the first meme of this podcast? Like thick. T I H I C C S all about them <laughs> with gold chains wrapped around them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it, man. Uh, um, uh, who, who won third best painted? Uh, uh, now that was Abby. Now I'm going to say that having a, a droid army in box, um, I'm kind of scared to come and pull it out and actually start painting it now because she's done such a good job. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she could have easily won best painted. She definitely is like you know, and we're gonna have photos of all of these up on a, our Facebook page, I'm sure. Yeah. Just so it's not just like us talking about stuff that people never get. Yeah, to Yeah, definitely. See. Go to our Facebook um, page, check it out. 
Um, but her uh, her basing, I thought, was really, really cool. Um, and, like, I, I liked it a lot. I think it's a cool-looking army. Yeah, and, and just the whole colour scheme, it was, like, really um, kind of like a navy with a purple. Uh, it was just mm. really distinct. Uh, and with the basing, you know, really alien-looking planet. Uh, man, that, that army was beautiful. It, is, it was really cool. Oh, so you, I was going to say it's really unique in its fashion that it's it's singular. Like, obviously, yeah. first place yeah. definitely went to a clone army that is very much, it's just perfectly painted, but it is very much like a lot of other clone armies. Like, I have a 212 assault battalion. Mm-hmm. Uh, clone you army. Got so right. I'm a little, yeah, I got it that, I got it right that time, which makes it even <laughs> worse because I have one sitting in case here that I've about four minis in. And I mean, I knew the depth of painting that goes into painting one of those, so I probably should have voted for it. But looking at yeah. it, it's definitely distinct in its own fashion. Like it, it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I, that's kind of like a good point, I guess probably where we can leave off on the best painter. But I think what's really cool is that like you do in Star Wars have this realm for like you can have like you know Tom's. I think is a great example of like especially with his weathering on the on like the the leg plates of all these clones mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a really good example of that sort of gritty, like, realist style, yeah. and it just yeah. looks, re- looks really nice, and then I, I love on, like, so the other end, uh, not that, like, um, Abby's doesn't look, like, real or anything, but it sort of leans more heavily into that really sci-fi style that Star Wars can have with some of the really out-there planets, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, Felucia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, well, actually, yeah. Um, I, I looked at it and was like, wow, I'm, I'm literally playing as an army that was in the Clone Wars show. Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly, yes. exactly. All right, so, moving on. Luke, tell us who won Best General. Um, well, I mean, you know, default, uh, I wish it was me, but I had to organize. <laughs> you have to play to um, win that award. Yeah, I know, I know. Look, uh, look, it's, um, I'm gracious. No, uh, <laughs> I, w- I would have had a snowball's chance in hell. Um, no, actually, so our overall winner was a, a great guy from Sydney, uh, Matthew, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, Freya? Freya? I would say um, Freya, but, uh, yeah, I'm not 100% Freya? either. All right. Look, it's something, it's something like, like something like that, right? <laughs> Matthew um, F. F. Matthew F., right? Um, and he was running a really uh, interesting uh, Imperials list. Mm-hmm. It was nine activations, Veers, Boba, mm. uh, two, two Death Troopers. Mm. Um, so, yeah, really, like, uh, really strong. You're forgetting the Royal yeah. Guardian is in there as well. So. Wow. Oh, yeah. Having, having versed yeah. it, at the only army that I lost to all weekend, as it were, <laughs> it, yeah, nice little humble brand. I like it. I like it. <laughs> hey, look. All right. All he had to do was win his last match, and I would have made top two. All right. I'm just pointing that out there. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um. But yeah. Well, I guess you're gonna say that it's like got a really like big chunky units, and that's where it sacrifices the activations to get those sort of big power units in. Mm-hmm. Um. Also. Mm, but yeah, yeah. and then, and then uh, coming in second, we had Dean Richards, who made a trip over from New Zealand, which is no mean feat in itself. Um, and he mm. actually went five and zero oh in Swiss. He beat Matt in the final round of Swiss yep. to only to lose to him in the top wow. cut. Classic revenge, classic revenge of the Swiss. Um, and well, the, the force balances all things. Um, and Dean was running uh, so triple torn, uh, pretty bare bone core, and. Uh, triple Sniper with Sabine and Leia. Um, I thought it was a really cool army, really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like this, the inclusion of Sabine. Yep. It gives a lot of flexibility with explosions. But we were thinking anyway, like, this is going to be pretty brief because we're planning uh, next episode to do a deep dive on the top four 
sort of list and sort of look at them more closely. But yeah, I thought, <laughs> you know, I thought both players uh, played a really fantastic tournament, sort of what I saw from the eagle eye perspective. Yep. Um, yep. And I did, go, heading into the top card, and I guess it's something we can probably talk about more, like the reasons behind why in next episode. Mm-hmm. But I actually, my money, counterintuitively, my money was on Matt to win mm-hmm. um, because he because he had just lost. Right. Because right. I think... So you I probably would have learned the lessons from that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and I think it's a really interesting, like, conundrum, because, like, I think, you know, it's sort of how do you deal with that if you come up with it? And, you know, if you say you're in Dean's position, how do you sort of deal with that? Um, and I, I don't know if there's a good answer. So mm-hmm. I think it's always tough. The Revenge of the Swiss is a really strong sort of uh, benefit if it comes up for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So big congrats to all of our uh, winners, uh, especially the uh, the major prize winners at uh, KenCon. All right. So, so are we happy to to wrap up uh, uh, our KenCon segment then? I, I think so. Yeah. You mean this whole like first episode, just like KenCon? What a, what 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 a time for everyone involved. Boom. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, realistically, obviously, LBO happened the same weekend, and I think I was too wrapped up in what I was doing. Mm. And this is after after watching LBO and Adepticon last year, basically from the comfort of my couch. Um, I was too wrapped up in what I was doing to even notice what they were doing until the drive home. So, I actually, that is a good thank you for inadvertently setting me up there. Uh, uh, I did want to give actually huge, you know, speaking of community involvement, because we have like a really international community, not just like with our sponsors, Fifth Trooper Network and Legion Touring, uh, but also uh, LJ, who runs uh, LVO, who in my eyes uh, has been a big part, obviously, of like, you know, the Legion scene, and for me, yeah, it's kind of like this community. Yeah, and it's, for me, he's kind of like the guru of, like, big event management for mm. these sorts of games, and, man, you better believe I was, like, this small child, like, sort of coming to be <laughs> like, you know, Daddy, Daddy, please help me. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing, and it's scary, like. <laughs> um, and, no, and a lot of, like, his advice was really solid. Um, and, yeah. and you know what? And, like, imitation is the highest form of flattery. And let me tell you, I, you better believe yeah. I stole a bunch of <laughs> from LVO. Like, every time they did something, I was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to yeah. take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. you don't have to reinvent the wheel that way. You just have to you that's take the right. best parts and you run with it. Yeah, that's right. You know, like, if you want to make something Australian, you just steal it and, you know, just, just like, well, are we going for R-rated or what's the... <laughs> Yes. Oh, there's going to be so many R2s. You slap a, you know, like like R2 noise on that, on that, <laughs> on that, and then Pam, it's Australian, just like that. <laughs> and people are so happy to share. Like they, they, it's true. Just, like offering stuff out there, you know, their knowledge, their systems, their experience. They just like take it, you know, use it, um, mm. you know, build your own events, um, you know, build a build a local community where you wherever you are. You know, I think, you know, that that's the spirit um, we have as well going forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, is that I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert. I feel like that might have been a bit of a segue. Is that what you're doing here, Fang? Can I, if I pick up that uh, line? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what is the future, do you think, you know, for the Australian uh, Legion community? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, we, we are not the Australian Legion community. Um, but, you know, from your perspective, like, where are things going? You know, what are yeah, our yeah. plans that, yeah. that we can we can share with people? What's yeah, our vision yeah. for the future? 
For sure. I mean, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you again. Uh, what, what, what is, you know, what does the future look like for the Australian leisure community? Uh, good. All right. Next question. Um, <laughs> no, I like, I, I genuinely believe, uh, you know, it's a really exciting time. I think for just the leisure community in general, but I think especially for Australia, um, you know, Australia's got like a Australia's kind of like a weird scene. So. You know, we're nearly as large as the continental United States as like a country. So we're really mm-hmm. spread out. But we, you know, yeah. I don't know how familiar, you know, the world is with the rest of the world. But we do not have the continental U.S.'s population, yeah. <laughs> despite being yeah. that yeah. big. So we're not even close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're really spread out with a really like sparse population. So it makes, you know, generally speaking, most of these games tend to cluster obviously in our major cities. And then yep. even then, like a major city like Sydney or, you know, Melbourne or Brisbane will have compared to somewhere like the US or Europe will have like just a smaller population to draw upon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pete, you know, a great example. Pete is lives in Moree, which is mm-hmm. kind of middle of nowhere, New South Wales. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Pete it's is a very small country town. It is a super small country town. He, like, you know, people, I remember seeing online people who were like, oh, my God, Pete, are you okay with the bushfires? And he said, no, no, it's, it's been too dry and too, like, everything's dead here already. So, no, no, we're fine. <laughs> uh, like, that's how small town Pete is, okay? Like, the, the, entire, the entire outback around him has just died, so it can't burn, <laughs> okay? Um, so, and he's the only Star Wars Legion player in Moree. Um, and so anytime he goes to an event, he has to drive, you know, or like, you know, at least normally five or six hours or, you know, get a country plane. Um, and, and those are not fun. No, <laughs> and those are, those are not fun, right? Which is why he plays online a lot, which again itself is impressive given the Australian internet, you know, sort of network. Um, so we're really, we're really spread out, which, you know, uh, so for me, I think CanCon is a great sign because... 45 players for, you know, a game that's really in its, like, second full year or, you know, mm-hmm. second, you know, second, third, whatever we want to call this. I would say it's second because we're about to have our yeah, second yeah. World, yeah, world. Yeah, because it's launch in March. Yeah. Yeah. So we're about to have our second world championship, right? So it's second yeah. full year. Mm-hmm. Um, 45 players off the bat is amazing. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. the largest, you know, my main experience is Star Wars Armada prior to this. And the largest ever Star Wars Armada event in Australia was 38. So yep. we've already we've already like beat that, and not only that, uh, you know, anecdotally after that event, you know, I never really felt like I saw an immediate sort of sign that the community was con- con- going to continue to grow. Like mm-hmm. after that, that was kind of like very quickly. That was like, oh, this is like the high water mark. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Comparatively, you know, I think I think the trend is pretty clear. Um, I think we have enough data points now to to plot a trend. Yeah, you know, well, in 2019, 14 players. Uh, Moab, uh, 32 players. KingCon 2020, 45 players. Yeah. Um, the Sydney Skirmish League, uh, which is a casual play league, um, you know, a, a, another community um, uh, community league around uh, here. Mm. Um, we started off season one last year with maybe 20 players. And yeah. season four registrations have just opened and we've got 40 plus. Yeah, which is it's just insane, which is fantastic. And I think, you know, if we're looking at like the Australian community as a whole, I think that's what, you know, the next story of the next 18 months will be, will be growth. I think we'll probably ideally see skirmish leagues pop up in other big cities like Melbourne and Brisbane, uh, which would be great. And I think, you know, ideally, uh, if we look at like Moab or like next year's Cancom, we should see bigger player numbers again, which will be fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. 
if there's well, anything we can do to share our experience to help just let oh, us know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. so in terms of like what we're sort of planning, which is gonna be, you know, it's all sort of uh it's all sort of beginning to sort of come together. But what we'd like to do, uh, you know, the team that ran those events uh has sort of really coalesced into sort of like an official, I would say, team and unit. Um and so uh with everyone's, you know, suggest like, you know, sort of acquiescence, <laughs> mm-hmm. approval. Yeah. Uh, we decided yeah. to to call that the uh, you know MOTF community, um, and then that team is going to be the MOTF mm-hmm. community events team. And we're pretty. I, I can announce this thing. That's like, is that is that cool? Like, is that? Hey, you're the supreme leader. Yeah, oh. I was going to say. I, I feel like it's only you that could announce this one. So right. Absolutely. Well, so uh, so the current plan is, you know, there's obviously a lot of a lot of hurdles we got to get through before this really becomes like a live. Uh, thing, but what we're sort of planning on doing is uh, we're looking to, you know, establish. Uh, I mean, effectively, it'll be like a web store, but it'll be ve- the model for it will be very different. So, what MOTF community is going to be doing um, is basically we're going to run it as so it'll be a, an official business, but we're going to be running it effectively as a not for profit. Um, mm-hmm. And so, what'll happen is uh, basically no one from MOTF community will ever. Yeah, I hope you guys are happy to sign up for this. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, what? But, but, but no one, no one's ever going to make money off this. Like, no, we're I was never going to get freebies. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a chance. Um, that was a joke. That was uh, a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It better. Have been no crazy. corruption here. We're gonna I'm be watching, audited. We're gonna I'm be transparent. Watching, I'm watching you, buddy. No, but to explain, uh, so we're ninety percent of net profits from MOTF community will be uh, rolled straight back into the community to run events. So to help pay for kits, to yep. help pay, pay for price support, to help pay for uh, terrain to be purchased exactly. and um, and things like that uh, and all the other stuff you need kind of like building that infrastructure for community events for community events exactly um, yeah. and then the other ten percent will go towards charity because actually that was something about KenCon that we, we forgot to mention we we ran a charity raffle using some of the big sort of ticket prizes so the uh, the fifth trooper mat and Battle Kiwi yeah. Dark Castle. Um, yeah. and it was a pretty like mom and pop style, like raffle, but we sold out all our tickets and we ended up raising over a thousand dollars for the animal rescue collective to sort of help with their bushfire relief efforts. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's sort of something we'd like to continue. So yeah. Um, and sort of the model that we'll be using is, so I don't know if you guys are aware, I don't know if you've ever shopped online before, but most web stores tend to really like undercut sort of brick and mortar prices. Cause obviously they don't have a brick and mortar store to support. Um, and we're not going to be doing that. We're going to, our model is a pay a dollar less, get so much more. So we're going to try and make it so that, you know, product would at maximum only be a dollar cheaper. Like it'd be comparable to what a brick and mortar store mm-hmm. would cost you. And mm-hmm. what we're sort of hoping is that obviously, hopefully the community will be willing to pay that because at the end of the day, it's just going to go back to them anyway, in the form yeah. of events. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that, that, you know, we, we don't want to be in competition to brick and mortar stores. We want to be there just to sort of like our, our goals are pretty small. We just want to be able to self-fund events as a community and help support events across Australia. And we think this is a really great way to do it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it. like, sorry, you go. To, yeah. to bring that back around, like if you look at the amount of stuff that's been donated in previous events, <clears throat> the, um, what we want to do is stop having people feel that need. Mm. Like it's great for them to donate, but re- realistically, again, shouting out to Joe here, 
I, I don't want to have to go, hey, Joe, I need you to help out with this event. Can you, you know, drop $1,000 somewhere and help us out? Yeah. We, we should be able to get past that point and just be like, you know, well, hey, Joe, come, to, come yeah. to this event and enjoy yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and I agree. I would like, you know, like, you know, saying <laughs> similar with like our retail, like, you know, sponsors, like again, Fifth Trooper, Legion Terrain um and like battle kiwi uh skullforge studios to name a few they all donated and obviously like you know that that's fantastic and i'm sure they'd be more than willing to to help continue to help the community um but ideally we would you know we know that they are a business trying to turn you know make make a living and you know you know make some money um so we'd like to be able to be like hey we would we want to you know we want to get some of your product to give away, uh, and if you want to donate something, that's great. But also, like we have the the community sort of funds to to buy something, you know, to to just you know do like normal humans have been doing for thousands of years, where we go, you have something of value. I would like to to have for a reason. Mm-hmm. Here is commensurate mm-hmm. value based on what you decide it is worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just you know, coming back to your early point about not undercutting uh, brick and mortar stores, um, I think you know the, the community uh, works better, uh, business work better when we all work together. You know, mm. to, to build uh, the the Legion community, to build this game up. Obviously, you know, then um, gamers enjoy it more. You know, then when there are more people to play against, when there are more events to go to. Yeah. Uh, businesses make more profits because they're selling more um, products to more gamers. Um, so, you know, and, and then, you know, at, um, uh, at, uh, at the major events we're organizing, there's a lot of opportunity for us to work together with business. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. I mean, to, you know, to use the, my favorite example that I've been like shouting to the world, uh, at CanCon, uh, Star Wars Legion uh, corsets completely sold out across the convention. Wow. Which is didn't didn't almost all products sell out? I heard. I, I mean, I, I actually haven't heard that. I assumed the product selling would be high if all corsets sold out, um, but I, I can't confirm or deny that. Um, but you know that that yeah. like that's great, right? Like you know for for that's a great for, example. Yeah, for starter sets to completely sell out, um, that's amazing. And and you know I obviously again. There's a lot of factors, right? Like people could have had Star Wars Legion already on in mind and they're like, oh, I can get get it at CanCon and stuff. Um, but I definitely, you know, I don't think it's a huge stretch to sort of feel that having a big visible event with 45 players and fantastic looking tables and fantastic looking models really does mm-hmm. sort of contribute to someone going, yeah, I want to get into this. Um, yeah. Yeah. We yeah, yeah, I'll further that call. I'll further that call out there, Luke, and say all of those intro games that were being run by the uh, the judging table. I think it was just wasn't just you, but I'm gonna I'll call the judging table out on it. Uh, in the the off time between having to make judge calls, mm. that will also have helped that. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, first thing is, hey, look, I've got to play a game. You, you know, like like how Games Workshop used to do there. You get your intro game, then you go and you buy all your toys. It's like, where can I get my fix now? Oh, well, there's yeah. a store over yeah. there that has exactly what you're looking for. It's it's the it's the Baskin Robbins, right? You get a, you get a free taste, but you got to buy the scoop, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and now you're in for life. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> we have gone over an hour, so it's my job as host to uh, wind uh, this show up. Um, I think, you know, personally, um, it's been a great show. I've had lots of fun. Um, but, you know, it's really up to you guys uh, as listeners, as uh, Legionnaires. Um, tell us what you think. Um, post your comments below. Um, 
uh, post on the MOTF uh, community Facebook page. Uh, mm. Please um, let us know what you think about the show. Yeah, what you like, what you didn't like. You know, what what you what you like to um, uh, hear on the show going forward. Uh, we we already have a lot of um, fantastic ideas about you know interviews about you know. <clears throat> Even today, um, you know, going to a, uh, a tech area, you know, explore an aspect of, of the, the competitive game more deeply. Um, but, you know, we, we want to know what you want to hear as well. So please uh, give us uh, your feedback. Yeah, um, let, let, let us know what you thought of the Australian Legion propaganda hour. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to tell them that. <laughs> Oh, so good, Lou. Sorry. Send it to uh, send it to Jay Shalansky. We'll, we'll be on the Fifth Trooper Network soon. Hey, hey, come on, guys. You said you said the quiet part loud. We're meant to say the loud. <laughs> and we'll have a chat to these two after the show. So, um, without further ado, uh, I am um, senior exhaust port designer Fang with my co-hosts, support officer Cooper and Intel officer Luke. Until next time, may all your roles be crits. Oh, I like that. <laughs> if you like this podcast please follow our facebook page by searching we are legion podcast and subscribe to the show via your favorite podcast platform voiceover and post-production by general cara organa this has been a master of the force production